in a land far, far away. Not really. Two brave souls unite. Unite to embark on a mission to review the greatest films, or at least somewhat watchable. Join in on the journey with the professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. This product is rated B for badass. Can I ask you something? What took you so long to respond to me? I sent you a very well-crafted message three weeks ago. And today, out of the blue, you hit me up asking if you want to grab dinner. What changed? I didn't feel like being alone. Not tonight. So you turned to Tinder. So what happens tonight? Did you think we were going to have sex? Nah, look at you. No. I thought we were going to hang out. Maybe get to know each other. Field execute a turn signal back there. Go ahead and ask you to step out of the vehicle for me. Could you please hurry up? What did you say? It's just cold. Get on the ground! Keep your hands where I can see Why is he under arrest? What is your badge number? Chill, just chill! I'm reaching for my cell phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Film Frequency. I am one of your hosts. That is the illustrious King Hayes is in the building with my brother, the political one, JB. What's going on? What is going on, CEO, or should I say King Hayes? What is going on, film family? Yet is I, the one, the only, the prodigal one, JB, back at it again. <laughs> I uh, It's funny because like the King Hayes, CEO Hayes, I, I interchange, but I've been like using my actual name more. Like I'll say like CJ Cordero. And like, it's funny that people who've been listening to me for like two years are like, what's your name? It's just because like on the WWPN, I feel like everyone knew my real name. It, it knew yep. me by CJ, but like, it's like with the Awakened Souls, just Hayes. That's all anyone knows me as. Yeah, it's funny. Just to peel behind the curtain because you and I have known each other so long. We're past this podcasting so i'm so used to calling you cj that when we podcast it's i have to go out of my way to remember not to call you cj and call you Hayes. <laughs> and when i talk to other people though about you uh-huh. it's weird because i always say cj and they always say Hayes. so it's like a weird like it's like we're talking about two different people that's funny that's funny uh yeah. Oh, honestly, I've thought about dropping the haze, but you know, it is what it is. It's part of the baby. Do you ever thought about dropping the CJ? The C dropping the C. I I hate being called just CJ, name, bro. Just legally change your name to Haze. <laughs> Look, you change it to Haze. I don't think. Uh, no, I don't know if that one's gonna fly. Um, <laughs> what's going on, <laughs> man? What, how's your week been? My dad's name is Haze. Your dad's name's Haze. Oh, no, I'm you saying, like, imagine your kids like, yeah. oh, what's your dad? Haze. <laughs> That's funny. They'll be doing like a project at school. Now name your parents. My dad's name's Hayes. They'll be like, there's no way in hell your dad's named that. Yeah, we're gonna need a parent teacher conference. <laughs> <laughs> but man, how's your week been? My week has been kind of crazy, you know, getting ready for Christmas is next week. Uh actually I should say about well, the time of this recording, Christmas is in a couple of days. But yeah, you know how it is. What about you? Uh it's it's been it's been interesting. Um, but it's been cool. I mean Works had me busy as shit, so I'm just mm-hmm. glad that that's slowing down, uh, that I can take some more time to myself, but, you know, you know how it goes, man. Recording podcasts all the goddamn time, unfortunately. That's how we do. We do it for the people. <laughs> for, for for sure. And this week, we are, the wicked, bro. we are actually here to review something that people have been waiting to hear us from. I did a little preview on it on my uh, solo podcast, and that is Queen and Slim. And I made sure to hype the date and everything this was going to drop. So people are looking forward to this. Um, but this review is going to be a little interesting because I think 
up until this point so far in this podcast, we've basically agreed on every movie that we reviewed so far. Not anymore. Not anymore. So uh, this and recently Knives Out were on two different sides of the fence on this one. And so to my, I know me and you have disagreed on movies before or like in wrestling shows and everything, but I don't know if we've ever actually recorded something that we've disagreed that much on. So uh, this is going to be interesting, you know, switch of the dynamic. Um, So let's talk about Queen of Slim Um, uh, starring Daniel Kaluuya. I can never yeah. say this man's name right. Um, <laughs> and then the actress's name, forgive me, what well, I'm forgetting her name. It's Jody Turner Smith, I think. Yeah, there you go. Jody um, Turner something. Yeah. Uh, written by Leanne Waith, Alina Waith, and then written, uh, directed by uh, Masukis is her last name. Yes. Uh, she, so, does like, she does a lot of uh, video. Uh, music videos. Music and, videos, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of what she always had because uh, I, re- I listened to – um, it was a podcast. It's called the Director's Cut. This is one that you may be interested. I think I told you about this before with you the did. Scorsese. I have, to, I have to remember to listen. Yeah, it was her and oh, I can't remember the director that uh, interviewed her, but they put two directors in there, and uh, she was really talking about this film and everything. And I and it just added a whole another dynamic uh, for me on this one. On, but my thoughts have been kind of out there, so I'm actually going to turn it on, turn it over to you, kind of for some general thoughts before we dig into it a little bit deeper. What did you think about Queen and Slim? So I'm going to first start like before the movie, I'm going to talk about watching the trailer and the lead up. I was immediately hyped for this. I think we talked about that. Like I couldn't wait to see it. Um, I didn't know much about the female because I think this is her first, if I'm not mistaken, her first featured film. Um, uh, Daniel, Daniel Kaluuya, is it? Kaluuya, yeah. Right, Daniel Kluwer, obviously we know him from Get Out and some other things, so I was definitely excited to see it. And just based off the trailer, I'm like, yo, this is going to be some crazy shit. Um. For those who don't know, I'm a huge fan of, like, mafia crime type of stuff. So I'm thinking this is going to be a Bonnie and a Clyde type flick. And the movie starts off great. I mean, it's, some might say it started off slow, where they're in the diner to have the conversation. But I love that opening scene. I love the dialogue. I love the little comedy in it. And the first maybe 30, 25, 30 minutes of the movie, I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But then I think it took a bad turn for the worse. So we'll get into it, but just off rip, first first looking at it, was hyped to see it. The first couple, maybe 20 minutes or so, I was totally, totally enthralled with it. And it did start off, so I, I like the, the fact that we, it doesn't really start off with any backstory. We start off in this, in this couple's first date. They don't seem to even like each other. She's making jokes about him being broke and that being the only place that, uh, that uh, he can afford. But I'm going to add a different perspective on it, and this is why I liked it so much. Yeah, the, that first opening scene was good, but I think the opening scene highlighted how some women judge men and how men judge some women. And she was judging him because he, he it didn't seem like he can afford the date, which it's funny later on he has a, a, a trunk full of Jordans, but he didn't have enough money for the day, for a good date. But then he's also judging her for how cold that she is. And we, we know it's been this whole movement of not asking women to smile and that and, you know, the Me Too movement and everything. He's like really judging her because it seems like she doesn't have emotions. She's not smiling. And so that dynamic, I think, played into into the setting of it, just make if making it feel different because you, we're used to these movies always painting um, these characters as like, they're falling in love at first sight, or they're just the, the first date's amazing. So it, it lets you know that you're in a different world um, when this goes. And then they go driving away. Uh, she she's looking at his phone, causes him to like 
did he run a stoplight or turn too fast? I can't remember what the cop pulled him over for. I think what happened was he was on his phone and she grabbed his phone and she's like, he's like, stop going through my phone. They were yeah. playing around and he swerved. Okay. It was the swerve. And then that's when the cop pulled him over. And so then that's when this plot really kicks into high gear. This awkward scene, and I love the tone that they said. And the director on that po- on the director's cut podcast said they actually feel so. For a lot of the filming, they weren't actually in Ohio, where this film kind of starts off with. They did film that scene in Ohio because she wanted them to feel the cold. So when he's like cold and standing out there, uh, that they that was a legitimate feeling that he was having. So she wanted them to feel it, and that, that's such a a great thing for a director because they could have easily filmed this in a in a warm weather place and just gave it the the feeling of it being cold. Um, and he, and like the cops being a dick, he's like, would you rush? Would you hurry up? You know, it's kind of cold out there. And then the moment the cop shuts the trunk, when he says that, it's like, okay, shit's about to pop off. And as you guys all know, the plot kicks off once the cop gets shot. Where does shit start breaking down for you at JB? Because you said you like the first 30, 40 minutes or so. So where did it start breaking down for you? Well, okay. So just to rewind a little bit. And for me, this wasn't a breakdown, but it was some issues I started having. Okay. But it's okay to have issues. I didn't have issues with the movie. I started having an issue with some of the characters. For, for example, I'm going to preface by saying I have no issues. I'm not trying to get attacked by the Me Too movement. This has nothing to do with a female. Also, I love my African-American people. CJ's African-American. I love them. This has nothing to do with that. However, Queen or whatever the hell her name was in this movie, I was the other the TV. Shut the fuck up. She's the sole cause of all this because she just couldn't shut her mouth. If Daniel Kaluuya's character was alone, I don't think this would have happened. It, he would have gotten pulled over. It would have went bad, but she would. She just kept on going. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to be attacked. I'm not saying she brought this on, but if she would have just stayed, qu- maybe stayed quiet, all the, it wouldn't have escalated to the situation. But I understand it it had to happen. Now, here's my first major issue. The whole thing happens. She gets out of the car. She gets shot. Daniel Kluwa kills the cop. Her first instinct is run. That's my major, Mm -hmm. my first major issue. I would understand, yes, maybe run. There are two black people. They killed a white officer. Run. However, she's a attorney. I don't know. If, I don't think we knew that at this point. At least I don't remember knowing at that point she was an attorney. As an attorney, you have to think. Listen, I'm an attorney. I can defend this. More than likely, he was wearing a body cam or he has a cam on his um on yes, his yeah. police car. Yeah. Right. Let I can maybe defend this. I'm an attorney. I'm not like some freaking vagrant or criminal. I and also Daniel Kalua, she could tell even though she doesn't know him, he's not a criminal. I mean, he was he made a he you know, he's praying at the table. His damn license plate said trust God, I think. So more than likely he's not a criminal either. Maybe we can defend ourselves. I understand it's very hard to believe in the system, but she's an attorney. What do you think? Am I totally off? No, I can understand that logic because that is something that I had like in the weeks since seeing the movie that it's like um, from the, from the perspective of the dash cam, like if you just looking at everything that transpired, you can tell the cop was being a dick. But I think the fear kicked in like you, it's that fight or flight response. The fear kicked in, even though she's a lawyer of if they find us, we're not going to make it to trial. And that's something that that is is a fear. It's like you 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 don't know because at the end of the day, it, like like what happened at the end of this movie is that all it takes is one cop to be afraid in a situation like that, or to want to be a hero, and you may not you may not live it. How many people have died in police custody over the last few years? That's if you even make it to police custody. So I think 
that that now they didn't convey that well if that was her her thought process i i can get your your point on that like you would think as a lawyer you would you would try to be more sound of it but everything that happens so quick and that adrenaline and and her probably seeing people get caught up by the system i think that that flight response kicked in of oh shit they're going to kill us let's get the hell out of here yeah, I mean, I, I could understand like instant reaction, and you're 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 running on adrenaline. And it's like first instance, get the fuck out of here. But again, I mean, the same could be said about Daniel Kaluuya's character. But his character was actually like, what do you mean leave? Like we have to stay here. We have to, you know, we have to call somebody. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, it should have been the other way around, really, because she, again, she's the attorney. She actually has more to, you know, more to lose than him by running. Um, also, you talked about the end, and I don't want to—I don't want to fast forward too much. But that ending was was also for me unrealistic, just the way it was done. And we'll get to it, and mm-hmm. I'll tell you why it was unrealistic. But I felt like the end was a little bit unrealistic. Okay, we'll talk about that. Um, and then, like, so this whole thing kicks off with them traveling, and the first kind of person that they run into is uh, the kid at the restaurant uh, who's talking. Shit. That kid is the MVP of this movie. The first yes. kid, because there's another kid we'll talk about later on. Kid. That first kid is. Is is hilarious because he's just like, <laughs> can you give me some food? Why? Who you running from? Like he just, he's just so on top of everything. He like ah, I know what's going on. But so we kick in the gear with that. Uh, before that, they do meet another cop who's kind of more on the right side of the law. He tries to sympathize with them. Once they threw him in the truck, I think that they realized like oh shit, it's over with. Um, but I think there's several times in this movie that well, not several times. There's there's a couple. Where you where you would think that they had an opportunity to turn themselves into someone who would make sure that they weren't going to get harmed, that's the first guy. Then the net, the other one is the black cop later on who sees them in the yes. garage. They could have easily turned themselves into him and hope that you know at that point, you know they could have got turned in and hopefully nothing happened to them. So there's there's opportunities to kind of go the route that you saw, but I think and I think overall. Yes, it's about police shooting. And yes, it's about hiding. But I look at this movie differently. I think that the movie is more so. It's not a black Bonnie and Clyde. It's a black love story in the fact of two people learn two people who are traumatized in different ways learning to love through that. And that's how I look at this movie. I guess that's why I like a lot of the logic issues with being on the run from the law. I don't really have an issue with because I look at it more of an emotional story than an than a uh, Bonnie and Clyde type story like it was presented in the in the trailers because every trailer I saw this and I've went back and watched them since seeing the movie presents this as a totally different movie than what it actually is exactly and you're 1000 percent correct this was this had nothing to do with a, being a Bonnie and Clyde movie this is 100 percent a love story yeah. um and maybe uh, maybe that's some of the issues I had with it not that I have anything wrong with love stories I, I just gave a, on on our Facebook page I gave a glaring review of marriage story which was obviously a, you know a romantic you know rom-com or whatever or maybe not so much rom-com but anyway whatever <laughs> the thing is I have no problem it not being a Bonnie and Clyde movie, but the pacing, and this is another major issue. I felt this movie was only about, I think, two hours and five minutes, and I felt they could have took out about 40 minutes of this movie, maybe even 30 minutes of this movie, because a lot of the pacing felt like slow on, like, what was the po- like what was the purpose of this? What was mm-hmm. the point of it? And again, going back to the unrealistic stuff, you talk about the black cop, the black cop letting them go. Is that is that realistic? Come on, let's be real for a second. I understand you're trying to look out for your brother, mm-hmm. your, your 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 brother, but at the same time, he's the guy's a cop. True, but I think that, and shout out to dads talking shit that are part of a breaks uh a breaks media. They're both cops, um, but I think that there is a sense of 
them also being afraid of these two people may die. I don't want that blood on my hands. So if I can try to help them get away, I will. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. But I, I feel like it's stretching a little bit. Um, I don't know. I just feel like it's stretching a little bit. And the fact that they actually had it, that was their moment right there. I think that was their moment that if they were going to turn themselves in, mm. if they could tr- trust anybody, it would have been that cop. But, you know, obviously they decided not to. Um, also, I want to, like, I know I'm talking a lot of negative shit about this movie, but one of the positive things was Bokeem Woodbine's character, who I believe is Queen's uncle or cousin. I don't remember. I believe it's his uncle, 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 though. Yeah. Right. I loved his character. And I mean, I loved I loved him in this movie. I mean, he was a very small part. I loved I loved the fact that when like I guess he's supposed to be like a broke down pimp. I don't know if if, if that came across right. <laughs> yeah, basically. But his his hoe he's more of the he's more of the hoe than than the, than the, the the girls. I mean, his his hoes are beating him and slapping him and like trolling him, which I found was funny. So I like that little dynamic, and I think his performance was the standout performance in this movie. Uh he did have a great performance in this movie. I I, I still think that the standout is um daniel Kaluuya because he's okay. just he i think when we look back eventually from his career we're gonna say that he picked picked the best roles ever like he he just he's great at picking roles that are really different from each other like a lot of things you know like a lot of actors when they first break on the scene are kind of like their first like five to ten roles are kind of all variations of the same character he hasn't right. had that at all yet so right. he, um, has, he has the depth yeah he definitely has the depth but as far as book him woodbine oh <laughs> The scene with his rings, and he's like, "Bitch, where's my pinky ring? I know you took my pinky ring." <laughs> like, and I never condone hitting women. We're not even talking about that. I'm just talking about the face he made when he put his fingers in the ring, and he's looking. And he's like, "There's something. There's one missing, bitch." It's just it, that whole like thirty seconds there was just hilarious to me. It was, and just going back to what you were saying about Daniel Kaluuya, one thing I really love about him, and he did in this movie again, and he d- continues to do it is. He's a really good actor just with his facial yes. expressions and his facial features. He tells a story with his face, and it's a hard thing to do. And I don't know if anyone's ever picked up on that, not only with him, but anyone. But that's something I look for, and he did a good job in this movie on that. Yeah, and what did you think about uh, Jody Turner-Smith's um, acting? So, like, I think for some reason, I don't, and I don't know what it was. When she cut her hair, she looked like a completely different person. Like a badass? Yeah, and, and I, I don't think that she had the growth that Daniel Kaluuya had, but she did open up, like seeing her slowly open up more and more to him was just as important as like his reactions to everything and him kind of turning around and and realizing that. And, you know, that's the theme. I guess we'll talk about themes eventually in this movie as well, but like, I don't want to miss the point of just because her acting wasn't as, she's not as good of an actor as him. I don't want to miss on talking about the performance that she did, because I think she, she portrayed that hurt, but trying to be strong that women do a lot that people do a lot. And I think she portrayed that very, very well. So here's what I'll say about her performance. I think her performance was okay Mm -hmm. for where she's at in her career. This was her first feature film. Um, Her delivery, I don't feel was a hundred percent on point. And it's, 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 you, you also have to feel for her because she has Daniel Kaluuya as her dancing partner. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not an easy thing. He's really good. And this is, I mean, if she was with another rookie, maybe it wouldn't have come off a, a, as bad, maybe. But I will say she did okay. However, I could. There's a lot of other females that could have probably played this played this role, and even maybe maybe even played it better than her. But it's okay. She did okay, and I do think though she showed enough potential that 
eventually she will become she will i mean delivery is something that you're not born with delivery really it's something you have to work on so i think she'll get there eventually she wasn't here for this film but i think she has room to grow 100 percent. fair enough fair enough um i what do you want to talk about next here because i, I want to get to the the radical kid but i don't want to skip a lot over getting to that the kid who with right. the gun because um, yes. I think that's the next big thing that we need to talk about as far as like themes in this movie. Um, but what's what's on your mind? Um, one thing I really want to talk about, and we you know we talk about this like the I think the one of the major highlights of this movie is also the score. Um, the if I'm not mistaken, this movie's beautiful. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I gotta look it up, but it didn't wasn't this like Motown or something behind this? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I listened to the soundtrack. It I didn't look to see like. Who was behind it? But it was it it was a beautiful soundtrack, a mix of some uh, licensed songs and then some that were made specifically for this this uh, movie as well. And it, the soundtrack is one of the better movie soundtracks I've heard in a while. Yeah, absolutely. So I I, I enjoyed the soundtrack. Um, I don't really know. Mm, yeah, I'm not really sure who's behind that, but I absolutely enjoyed the soundtrack. And um, I mean, really, that's that's one of the main things. They had some good cinematography as well in the movie. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but I remember when I was watching, I was like, oh, that was shot really cool, or uh, just kind of the way they did the angles and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's it. I, I do want to talk about though the kid, you know, the, the radical kid, as you call them, because um, I think that was also an important part of the movie because. I think a lot of people were coming to this movie thinking you're going to get that big message of a uh, white cop. Uh, um, fuck the person. police, basically. Is what, right. Yeah, what, yeah. Where it, there wasn't such a big overtone of that because, again, it wasn't that type of movie except with the, the Radical Kid. That was 100% race behind and everything. And honestly, even that shit didn't make sense to me up to a certain extent. Are you ready to, to discuss that now? Well, yeah. Yeah, and I want to talk about some of the shots and the cinematography too, but we'll kind of end on that because okay. I do want to talk about uh, Matasukis, uh, the director, some, and, and Lena Waithe. Um, but I do, so with that, the way that I saw that that, uh, that situation with the kid was that there was a lot going on with him. I think that there was some uh, abandonment there like just people don't pay attention to him i think that there may have been some mental health issues there as well but then i think there was also this thing of a lot of times in our culture what we see is that things turn into movements that weren't necessarily meant like that like you you see with queen and slim like even when they're uh talking to the older white couple later and they're like well did you order the kid to do this and they're like order the kid like and so they're like it i think a big part of this story too is like how the how People can be used as like figureheads for movements that that, that that weren't intended at all. And that's really what this turned. It was a chance accident and it turned into this whole movement that they had no intention of doing. And their face and and voices and everything are now being used for a cause that they may not even believe in. But, you know, to get into the kid, what, what were your thoughts on it when you saw it? And I'll, I'll kind of break it down further after that. So I kind of understood to a certain extent where the kid was coming from obviously he's young and all those extra things you you mentioned uh maybe some abandonment um mental issues etc so i understand where the kid was coming from my my problem came was when he actually killed the officer it was a black officer and i guess the what they were trying to say is like you're one of us but you're also betraying us because you're one of them at least that's how i took it and that's why he killed the officer but 
I feel like it was such an irrational move. Um, uh, yeah, again, even if he has mental issues, you can kind of maybe that's the excuse. But I feel it was super irrational that he shot this guy in the face. Mm-hmm. I mean, shooting in the face, that's even like in the mafia, that's like a, a, a act of straight hatred and violence. Someone you've had issues, mm-hmm. you shoot him in the face. So the fact, did he shoot the guy because he was a cop? Did he shoot him because he was a black cop? Did he just shoot him because he had mental issues? I just didn't get that part. And again, I can be totally wrong. I just. I don't know. I felt like it was irrational. So let, let, let me let me ask you this. Yes. Is George Zimmerman irrational? One hundred percent. So it, I th- I look at that as a flip on that is because this kid went to that rally with the intent of shooting someone, regardless of how anything shook down. Because when he was talking to Queen and Slim, he said this whole thing of I just want to be remembered. I just want to be seen. And in his mind, because he he would regardless if the cop was black or white. In his mind, he he made it this thing of black people hate police. For me to be remembered, I'll go down as a hero for being the black person that finally stood up and shot a police officer. So, but he shot a black police officer. It, it, exactly. But at that point, it, he wasn't seeing. He, He's right. just seen the blue. He was he was seeing. You wore a badge. Whoever gets close to me with that badge on, and I get the opportunity, I'm shooting that motherfucker. Because in his mind, that that's what was going to immortalize him. So it didn't matter if that cop was black. It didn't matter if that cop was brown, red, white, green. It's because he had an opportunity to take down someone who, in his mind, is part of the establishment that's oppressing his people. It's like, okay, and they're going to remember me for this. I may I may lose my life, but it's worth it because I'll finally be seen and remembered. And that's why I think he may have had mental issue things. And even when you see his interaction with his son, his son's kind of like, just go with Junior. And so... I think that because of of everything that was going on with that kid, he he just wanted to be remembered. Whether he didn't care if he was going to lose his life or anything, and because of that, he acted irrationally. He attached himself to a movement, and he attached himself to an ideal that is really idiotic. And we see that all the times in this culture. Yeah, I mean, I can see that, and and it would make perfect sense if that's the case. And I guess maybe that's why it was intentional to make that officer black, because mm-hmm. they could have easily made it a white cop, and then it would have been the uh, what's the word? It would have been the obvious choice. And and obviously, you know, it's a white cop. It's a white person. He's a cop. Obviously, going to kill him. The fact that the cop was black, I guess that was the thing that kind of threw threw me off. Like. He's black, though. I understand he's a cop, but he's black, so... Yeah, I guess so. It still doesn't take away from this movie still being shit, in my opinion, though. I mean... Hey, people, people let, don't let want, people have bad taste all the time. Let me reverse back. And the movie's not shit. I, I, that's unfair for me to say. The movie's not shit. The movie is an okay movie. But I think... I think I look at it this way, like there's this girl I've been seeing, I've been seeing her. I don't know her, but I've been seeing her at the club for like a long time. And I mean, seeing her around the area, around the neighborhood. And finally I have enough, uh, I have enough, you know, I'm ready to go up and start talking to her. I talk to her. I'm like, Hey, you want to go out? We go out. And when we're at the date, she's just like, blah. She has like zero percent and just blah. That's how it was. I was because I was so hyped for this movie. I think if I wasn't so hyped about this movie, it, I wouldn't be so salty about it. And I think well, that's you, a good word. I was I'm salty about the movie. Do you think it's because like when you went into the movie, what were you expecting? Because like I said, Bonnie the Clyde. trailers are very misleading. So what were you expecting when you came in? One thousand percent, Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Just look for a second, and I'm not trying to be um, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, 
But let's look at the cover of the movie, the poster. You have Daniel Kaluuya in a tracksuit. Mm-hmm. You have you have uh, Queen looking like a badass bitch in a short dress, showing some cleavage, short ear. They're sitting on the car, and just the way they're looking at the car, you can't tell me you see that picture and you if you have a chance to say, okay, this is gonna be a love story, or this is gonna be like a like a like a Bonnie and Clyde. If you poll a hundred people, ninety percent without knowing anything about the movie, just seeing that picture, ninety percent are gonna say this is gonna be a Bonnie and Clyde. Am I wrong for thinking that? Well, no, and, and that's something that I that I even said in my in my little mini review is that the trailers are, and I said that at the beginning here, the trailers are completely misleading for what this movie is, and that's because I think that was the that mess- intentional. That that I think well, it's hard. Like how it, with this style of movie, if you because if they would have showed the the more of the love aspect in the trailers the moment you sh- you see kids shooting cops in the face and cops shooting people you'll be like oh i didn't expect this in a love story so it's like it's weird because that that tone shifts so early and it stays on that it's kind of, it is hard to market this movie i i would not want to be the person like you can get me to market a horror movie all fucking day long and i could come up with it but something like this i i can't i wouldn't have been able to do it any better and I think that playing up the Bonnie and Clyde imagery makes sense because that's a story that we know. And Bonnie and Clyde is even kind of a twisted love story, too. It it's is. just that the heist are, the heist and, and crimes are more highlighted there than what they are here. Like we have one people, people who basically committed one crime and then everything else is them falling in love in the midst of the craziness. I mean, talk about a freaking first day going horribly wrong. What was the uh, just to, to ask real quick, what can you remember? What was your worst first date ever? Did you ever have a bad first date? I didn't. Not in my no. Never. Mm-hmm. That went just bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No. Okay. Then. Well, a bigger a bigger issue for me here is we saw them shower once in this movie. They were on the run for four four to five days, and they had sex the last day. That oh, shit God, had to stink. Could you imagine what sex. that car smelled like? Oh, they were going in. <laughs> They were going like Daniel Clue was going like in, bro. And were the windows up? Because that shit was. I don't know, man. That shit had to smell like fucking. I don't even know. Ass, literally. (laughs) Like shit. Also, why the fuck did they call them Queen and Slim? Never once did the movie reference them as Queen or Slim. You're right. Um, but never once in this movie until the end did we hear their names either. So I think which I think was Angela and Ernie. Yeah, or Ernest, yeah, Angela, Ernest, I believe. I believe. Um, but again, wh- why Queen and Slim? Because it's catchy, I guess. I guess. I mean, we I really don't. Queen. I could see the Queen part because yeah. you know a lot of times you see like African American woman and they're like, oh, she's a Queen. Yeah. So I could kind of get that, but Slim with Daniel Kaluuya, I don't know. I don't know either. It could be called anything. I mean, if it, it was Keith Stanfield, I can understand why it'd be called Queen and Slim. <laughs> um. But all right, so let's get into kind of when this movie breaks down. So we get in, well, not break down, but just continue the plot. So we get the time where they hide out in the house with the couple, which was tense. Like that goes back to another thing with tone in this movie. Um, that in the the scene in the club, I love how they left the scene in the club very unlit because a lot of times when you get into club scenes in film, it's way more lit than what it would actually like. You felt like you were in the club with them. You can't see shit, um, and but the the scene in the house where they're hiding on the floor, that is such a tense scene, especially when you see the older couple sitting on the curb and we get Chloe Savini looking up and you're like, oh, she's but she's about to tell them where they are. Like, I love how the director here just set tone and I, I, whatever she does next, 
I'm all for um, seeing, and I and I hope that she takes some of the criticisms for this movie and improves it on the next. But some of it's screenwriting too, and we'll talk about the script as well, like where that can improve because a lot of what I'm hearing are problems with the script and how I think Lena Waithe writes in a, in a way that she expects the audience to kind of like it's all in the story or in the background. Like you hear in the background that the cop shot some, shot a black a black guy like a year or two before, but they don't overly put that in the plot. So I think a lot of the things that people have issues with her writing is because she layers it and she doesn't give it to you. And with film, it's this whole show don't tell thing because we're watching a movie. So it's easier if you show us. So I think a lot of that gets missed when you layer it in the background and stuff, unless someone's like watching it like we do. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with you hundred percent. And also I, I, I mean, at times I felt the dialogue was really, 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 really good. Mm. And then at times I felt like the dialogue lacked and that has to go with, you know, the, the writing of the movie, um, the screenplay. So, yeah, I mean, but the director and the, you know, the director, a hundred percent, I want to see more of her work. Um, I believe we'll get more films out of her. I, I, I'm not sure how many films she's done up to this point. I know again, we, she did a lot of music videos, but I'm pretty sure we're going to get after this, we're getting a lot of movies. Also, we forgot to mention not to jump around all over the place, but I know we kind of do this usually earlier in the show. We forgot to talk about the financials a little bit. Um, the budget on this movie, I, you know, I just happened to have it here. The budget on the movie was 11.8 million and it grossed 36 million i don't know like i would i mean it's it profit 25 million dollars obviously it's not pe- peanuts but when you look at the grand scheme of things and you look at 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 um analytics and and numbers i would say that's a fail no no because it hasn't opened in the united kingdom yet which is the only the second biggest place for black led movies uh to be it has not opened in the united kingdom nope it hasn't it hasn't even opened anywhere abroad yet this so that is strictly domestic numbers which are really good Oh shit! You know what? You are a hundred percent correct because the gross USA and cumulative worldwide is the same number. Yeah. So that's actually pretty freaking good because obviously worldwide always. I don't care what movie it is. Worldwide is always going to overtake US because you're talking about yeah. the rest of the freaking world versus one country. So, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance that they. You think they break the uh, hundred million mark? Overall, I think so. I, I think that's safe to say. I think they're usually. I think they're going to match what they just in the UK alone. I think they're going to do another 30, 36, 30, between 40 million there. Um, when you look at like some of the other countries um, where black representation is, I th- yeah, I think they have a chance to do 100 million overall. South Africa. Yeah. Africa. People don't really watch movies in Africa. South but. South Africa. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> but, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 82% on the tomato meter, 92% on audience score, which is pretty. For Rotten Tomatoes, we talk about that a lot. That's very, very strong. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, overall, I think this movie is going to be a huge success as far as fi- the financials, which are good for uh, the director and the writer getting more and more work. Well, Lena Waithe, she's not going to. There's no chance of her not getting any work. But right. uh, <laughs> Melina Matasukis, Mont- uh, it's important for her to get this win, I think, because she and like the sh- the shot she had on the door of the car when the door of yes. the car like was was a great shot. Um, the way that they shot the whole him climbing over the fence to get on the horse thing. It's just, it's, it's just a lot of beautiful imagery in this movie. There yeah, are so many, yeah, there's so many like screen grabs you can do from this movie that will make like a great poster on the wall. And that takes a great directing eye. And, you know, she shot music videos. She shot music videos for Beyonce, which her, her music videos are like mini movies. So that makes sense. Yeah. And um, do you have anything else to talk about for like, you know, the first 90% of this movie or can, are, you, are you ready to talk about the oh, one thing that I do want to ask you about? Um, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> the overall plot in this, 
to get to Cuba. Did you understand the the what the meaning behind that getting to Cuba? Um, yeah, I mean they were they were trying to. Well, first of all, um, they they're obviously trying to get out of Dodge, so they need to get the hell out of there. They got the plane set up to get to Cuba, and if I'm not mistaken, Cuba is a yep, Cuba's a, a, a extradited country. Meaning, if you go into Cuba and you get caught, they can't bring you back to the United States. Well, no, I'm, well that and uh, Sata Shakur, who was a Black Panther, I believe, um, she escaped, uh, reportedly escaped to Cuba, and so that is like a, that them, and they even mention it in the movie. It's again one of those throwaway lines that I think the writer expects you to get up uh, or get just from that line, but it's representative of that's part of the Black culture of like we had someone escape, reportedly escape to Cuba, and and so you because mean in of real that, life, yeah, in real life. That's well, there was a lot of in this movie, which we didn't really t- touch on much. There was a lot of callbacks to a lot of real life stuff. Like yeah. one of the reason they chose Ohio was, I believe it was the last stop of the Underground Railroad. Um, there was a lot of callbacks to to just uh, African-American culture and slavery times and stuff like that with again with the underground railroad and a lot of uh, also there was uh i was watching a documentary i think and i guess in ohio around 2014 there was a shooting of a of a very young black male i think it was a teenager and they did a couple call i forgot what his name was um unfortunately i, I apologize for that but uh they did a lot of callbacks on a lot of african-american uh history yeah yeah, so I just wanted to point that out, but let's get into the last half of this movie. So yeah, I mean, um, what I want to talk about though is just the actual the very end, like you said, um, they got a, they got a way out, they got a plane set up to Cuba, they got somebody to take them there. Well, who that's ultimately their downfall because there's a five hundred thousand dollar quote unquote bounty on their heads. Like who can turn them in? You get half a million bucks, and at the end of the day, the guy that they're looking to to get them to that last leg to finish the race is the guy who ultimately fucks him over. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, and that's one of that's one of the themes that I think is represented in this movie. So, you get the guy who owned the restaurant at first who was black power all this and you get so you get the that uh that uh stereotype, you get the radical stereotype with the kid. You get with the dad, you get the the black guy who just wants to get along to get along, who kind of just goes along with the police, who wants to keep his head down, not have any issues. And this guy who represents the sellout, the person who will sell out, sell out their own race or sell out their own brethren for money. And I think that that's another underlying theme of the different types of people that they ran into over this. Like everyone that they actually have interactions with are the white couple. That's that's the allies. We always need allies in the black community from the white community. So I with that theme it makes sense that that's the way that it would end not that you would ever be involved in something like this but if you were in that guy's role what would you do i'd never turn like unless you it depends because unless you're like hurting kids and shit like i i don't think i'd ever turn anyone in like for something like this for example I, i i wouldn't but at the same time five hundred thousand dollars is hard to turn down that shit'll get over your conscience. Real, that shit'll get over your conscience. Real <laughs> no, quick, but huh? seriously, I, 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 I don't like if you were on the run from like being a fucking mass murderer or something. Then yeah, you gotta go. Um, but something like this, it's like, nah, I, I yeah, I, I don't think I turn you. What about you? Yeah, I mean, to me, first of all, same thing. I mean, if this is like a mass murder or a child rape or something like that, that's a different story. But these people didn't. Yes, they killed a, a cop, but it was a wrong. I mean, the whole way it, it, it wasn't as easy as it is on paper. So, 
What I ha- I would think is what what represents the two sides. Side one is you collect five hundred thousand dollars, and you have half a million dollars. You're not rich in freaking twenty nineteen. How much can five hundred thousand really get you? Yes, mm-hmm. it'll you buy a house and a car, and the money's done. Really, that's true. So I understand five hundred thousand is a lot of money, but on the flip side, them escaping. What does that represent? That's a win for your race that's a win for your culture that's a win for everything because here's two people that actually got away i mean what remains to happen after that it remains to be seen we don't know if they're gonna what's gonna happen but at least you know like hey we we i made a difference no one may ever know that it was him that drove them to that plane to get away but he would know like hey i made a difference but at the end of the day again anyway you look at it it's still half a million dollars and there are going to be greedy people in this world and I can't even say you can blame the guy because this it's not like this guy has a lot of money. He lives in, if I'm not mistaken, he lives like in a trailer home and shit. So can you really blame the guy even? I mean, you could blame him because he didn't have to do it. That's the that's the, uh, is it is it are you do you have a case to blame him? Yeah, I think you do. Because the thing is, by him doing this, he's doing something for for humanity. He's doing something for the African American people. But what about him? What has the African American people done for him? Well, I mean, we don't we don't know his story. But so I mean, but well, he lives in a trailer. So but that could be because a, of I his mean, own doing. It could be, but where's somebody to lift him up and help him? I mean, everybody. He's not, we're not asking him to lift anybody up. We're asking him to get the fuck out the way, bro. Like that's completely different. But I mean, as far as like, it's just okay. So this is the thing. Even if he was going to turn them in to play devil's advocate, if he was going to turn them in, right? He he could have did it a, a a way to ensure their safety as well. When he was going, when they were in his trailer, boom, the cops run in there. They ain't got nowhere to go. They arrest him right there. No, that would have been. They would have definitely died then. Not necessarily. They would have just, just shot up the freaking trailer. <laughs> and, and that goes. That now we could talk about the ending. That was one million percent unrealistic. The okay, Queen getting shot. Yes, I could see a cop being trigger happy. Yeah. And I will say this, I love the fact, I don't love the fact that she died, but I love the fact that it made a female officer kill her mm-hmm. because it put race even more than the, because you could look at, at woman equality and like, it's a fellow woman, it's a fellow sister killing another, another woman, but it was past that. The race card, they, they played the race card over the, the gender card, which I like, but I have no issues with that. My issue was, why the fuck did they kill Slim? He clearly was unarmed. I mean, we can re- remember the beginning of the movie when they shot Queen. 100%. She was reaching in her pocket. Was was the cop uh, trigger happy? Sure. Because we don't, we don't know what she's reaching in her pocket for. It could have been a gun. But she is at some fault because she was reaching for something. When there's a gun on her, to her, you don't reach for something in your pocket, even if it's a phone. Now, Slim wasn't reaching for shit. Slim had her in his hand, and they gunned him down. That doesn't make any sense to me. Okay, again, to play devil, because I agree with you. So I want to make sure that I say I 100% agree with you. This is me playing devil's advocate, right? Right. The police don't know if he has a bomb strapped to them, strapped under his his jacket. The way that the cops are looking at it, these are two people who killed a cop and then tried it. They killed a cop, locked another one in, in, um, in the trunk, for all they know, they could have he could have they could have ordered or made this kid shoot a police officer, like encouraged him to shoot a police officer. So for all they could be looking at it as, 
okay, he knows he's getting arrested. At this point now, they could just try to take down as many police officers as they can with them. I 100% agree. They don't know what the um, danger is. Yeah. However, how many shots does it take to take down a man? That's another thing. <laughs> but with, but it's it's proven though that with like cops in that situation, once one cop starts shooting, it becomes Everybody. it's like muscle like everyone's alert now because if you're if you're a cop, you don't know if that bang was your brother was your other your partner next to you or was that coming from from somewhere else. So your instinct is to just start shooting at that point. I mean, they could have literally shot his leg and he would have went down. True, but again, so many cops, they shot so many him like bullets. Gangster style. Yeah, oh, they they eliminated his ass like that shit yeah. was over with. Um, but yeah, I th- and I I get it. I there was no way in hell where I think that there. I never envisioned any ending that they were gonna live in. Not once. And let me say, let me just say also, if this was a Bonnie and Clyde movie, one million percent, I get this ending because, like you said, there would have been a million different acts of violence from them and killing not just the initial cop and hiding the other cop. There would have been multiple killings. So I totally understand. It's like it reminds me of you remember. Um, I'm sure you've seen. Obviously, set it off. Mm. It reminds me of Queen Latifah the way she died. Well, you know, she spent the entire movie killing people. She got out of the car shooting. She came out shooting, so they took her down in a similar fashion. But in her case, it was different because she had murdered tons of people, and she came out hot firing. Whereas Slim never really showed too much violence. Yes, he killed the cop, but there was underlying circumstances. But he had a female in his hand. Even if he had a bomb, how the hell was he going to detonate the bomb with with a woman in his hands? How what, Voice activation? I mean— Bro, these are all different types of bombs. Like seriously, it, honestly, it it could have been something that he just moved. It, like you don't know, bro. Like honestly, there could have been a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Maybe like a trigger thing or whatever. But I don't know. Again, I felt like it could have been done differently. But here's the thing: I'm pretty sure it was written that way to do exactly what we're doing to yeah. to to cause discussion. And the films that cause discussions, those are usually some of the better films. And that's why I said, I don't hate this movie, nor do I think it's a horrible movie. I just felt like the pacing was was not what I wanted to be. And I am salty 100% because we, it wasn't what I was expecting. So I am salty in a way. Do you think, like, upon going back and watching it again, not expecting the Bonnie and Clyde angle, that you may like it more? 100%. Okay. And I, I, I didn't have time to, to go and watch it again, but I really wanted to because I think that might have skewed some of the things that I'm saying in a more positive way, but I didn't get the opportunity to do so. But I do think upon rewatching this movie, I will absolutely feel a different way about it because this type of movie is my, I like this type of movie. I like this type of genre. Um, And there are a lot of positives that I like about it, but because I was expecting something different and because of my issues with the pacing is why I'm saying a lot of things I'm saying right now. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's it, bro. Any any last thoughts or anything on this movie before we send the people away? No last thoughts. I guess we can get into the ratings, but I, I am interested to see where some of these people go from here. Obviously, Daniel Kaluuya, you know we're going to get something great out of him. I am I am interested to see what they do with uh, Jody. I think her name is Jody Turner-Smith, and of course the uh, director and the writer. I, I'm you know I, I want to see what they how they move on from this more into feature film stuff. But uh, yeah, you want to get into the ratings? Yeah, uh, absolutely. My rating for this movie is out of 10 i'm gonna give this a solid eight eight and a half 
cool. So for me, out of ten, um, I'm probably gonna go ahead and give this one a two. So it'll be a. I'm fucking around. <laughs> now I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a six out of ten. Um, it with a little bit of better pacing. Uh, and again, some of the things I mentioned, I, th- I could see it going to a seven to seven and a half. And maybe upon rewatching it, that might go up to at least a seven. But for right now, I'm at a six out of ten. So would I recommend it? Yes, I would recommend it. But do not go into this movie thinking you're going to get some high action, fast paced Bonnie and Clyde type shit because it's not going to be that. Yeah, not going to be that at all. Um but yeah, I mean, I think that's the power of marketing, and you know, there's there's absolutely been movies that I've gone in and expected one thing, and when it's different, just automatically upon that first watch, I'm like, I'm not feeling this shit. This isn't what I what I was expecting. Um, so I, I can kind of understand. It'll be interesting to see, like, whenever years later, whenever you just decide to watch this movie again, how you feel about it. Um, but overall, uh, positive. Uh, I'm I'm de- I definitely recommend this movie uh, for anyone who wants to check it out. But like JB said. Don't expect Bonnie and Clyde. Do not expect Bonnie and Clyde by this movie. Um, but that's it, JB. Any uh, anything else before you give them your social media? That's pretty much it. So I'll just go ahead and give my social media right now. I can be reached on Twitter at the P1JB. That's at T-H-E-E. Well, what am I saying? At T-H-E-P-1JB. And, of course, I can reach on Facebook, Jav Bashrula. Go ahead and hit me up. And you can follow me at CEO Hayes. It's at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can follow us collectively at The Film Bros. And make sure you go to Facebook and check out the Film Frequency Discussion page, Discussion Group where we talk about movies every and all day it's just a great place to be for any uh anyone who loves film and everything like that so make sure you check out those places also check out the Hami media group if you don't already depending on what feed you're listening to us on but this is it this has been another episode of the film frequency for jb we are out peace